get in touch with the show you know how to do it it's on quick.takes on instagram uh the dingo show is obviously a part of that network um look guys it's been a little bit since we've been into it so as always we're going to roll into it rapid style Ty, mm-hmm. this one is for you andrew benatendi is no longer on the red sox he's gone overall question is Haim bloom getting enough for these fan favorites that he's shipping out the likes of mookie betts andrew benatendi Trading them for pennies on the dollar? What's your take? The uh, the bets trade, I think uh, Verdugo and then Downs and um, what was the other guy's name? Wong, something like that. I think that the return's pretty good, but uh, I'm not sure about this Benintendi trade. Like I've heard about the the Franchi Cordero outfielder before. Uh, it seems like he's been been uh, quite the journeyman with a, a few teams before him, but. I don't know. I'm hoping that Bloom has a plan in place here because it doesn't really seem like he's uh, doing much for the fan base right now, getting rid of the some of the, the two most favorite players in the last year. What are your oh, thoughts on this, Cole? Yeah, is this how it's going to be from now on, Cole? And, you know, it's it's Tampa Bay of the North, and I've said this over and over again. Uh, BCT Sports Live, um, four to f- um, five to six, uh, 88.7 WJMF Radio, HD2, Smithfield, Providence. Call in at 401-232-6150. Okay, there's the plug. Anyways, this is a Tampa Bay of the North type move. We've seen teams go through this various times before. you got to build the farm to get anywhere in, in the MLB now, just the salary and the salaries that players are beckoning these days. Red Sox? Even for the Red Sox, it, it's going to be the same way. It's You saw the Padres do it, right? You saw Atlanta do it. You got to build through the farm. And then once you get good enough that way, then you can spend money. But you can't, the ways of Dombrowski, you can't you can't improve upon that anymore. You can't do the ways of the Dombrowski. Even the Yankees have done it, um, the way of building up the farm and then making some huge splashes in free agency. And the most disconcerting or the most concerning part of this Red Sox is they're still number two in uh, total payroll even with all these tradings, you know, it's, it's Where? number two. It's still playing off Pablo Sandoval, I guess. <laughs> hey, speaking of big time free agents, uh, like Pablo Sandoval once was and guys getting massive deals. Ty, Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the best young stars in the game, just turned 22 years old. The Padres signed him for $340 million for 14 years. He's only played 143 games though, Ty. Is this too much too soon? Uh, I don't know. I th- I feel like you can go either way. Like I've watched a few, few games that he's been in, especially this past playoff. And he, there's no, no doubt about it. This guy is like the real deal. He's probably one of the most exciting players to watch, but like we were just alluding to with, uh, like the big contracts in the opening segment, uh, is this something that's going to, going to handcuff the Padres in the long term? I mean, we've seen, uh, they, they did a bunch of moves this past off season, but, 
uh, I wonder if they'll they'll be able to to still do moves like that going forward with with such a long contract and such such a uh, big big payout there with for Tatis. Cole, the counterpoint is this a good thing for the Padres? Did they actually get more flexibility, arguably, from this because the fact that they're signing him to this fourteen year deal at age twenty two? Yeah, as so this goes to Mike Trout, who got a massive deal when he was a little older. Tatis is signed till he's thirty six versus mm-hmm. Trout, who's signed till he's forty. Any take on that? Yeah, so so this goes back to my original comment that I made before. I mean, they they found a young talent, they pieced together a farm system down in San Diego, and now they're dishing out the cash. Fernando Tatis is one of the best stars in baseball currently right now, even though he has limited at bats. But guess what he does well? He hits home runs, and that's what gets you the big bills in today's MLB. And I think he's he's going to be a great player for years to come, unless he goes the way of um and why am I forgetting the DH on the Yankees? Uh, why am I forgetting? He, he was on the Marlins. I'm going to cut this out. He was on the Marlins for a while. Uh, Stanton? Yes. Unless he goes the way John Carlos Stanton and then pulls every single muscle because he took too much juice. I don't see that as Fernando Tatis. I think he's just an athletic god. And I think he's going to be a great player for years to come. I mean, he's a 6'3 shortstop. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Speaking of these big guys, Tig, who like to hit the long ball. Uh, strikeout or home run type of guys. Not that Tatis is just that. He's a little more talented, as Cole said, than that. But David Ortiz, recently in the Boston Globe, said he's upset with the way baseball is being played. Mm-hmm. Quote, he says, these guys nowadays are shooting for the long ball. No longer any more situational hitting. When I used to play, we used to look for gaps and try and make make do with what they were giving us in the field. Close quote. Ty, What's your take on this? How can the baseball fix this? Is it the age-old question, or do we have any ideas as the MLB approaches a new season? Uh, I, 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 I would have to agree with David Ortiz here. I mean, I was raised like a, a big baseball fan, and it seems like in the last few years, it's just home run or bust. And like, you look at how many strikeouts there have been in the last few years. Like Every year it goes up and breaks the, the record of the last year for strikeouts. So, I mean, it seems like that's all they really care about, uh, just aiming for the fences now. And like we were talking about before with Tatis, uh, that's what the contracts are going to pay for. And, yeah. I mean, um, that's that's what – frankly, that's what's going to make the game grow, hitting home runs because that's what people want to see. But I don't think that's the best kind of baseball, just home runs and strikeouts. Like, there's meant to be stri- strategery. And uh, a little bit of uh, work on that end. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd have to agree that the game's definitely changed. Okay, so tomorrow, BCT Sports, or actually I should say Wednesday, uh, BCT Sports is going to be interviewing Matt Gross. Matt Gross is a Bryant alumni, uh, used to be on WJMF holding weekly baseball show. And he was on Felger and Maz. He was in studio and he described in length the strikeout crisis surrounding the MLB. He's a financial analyst, big numbers guy, but the way he breaks it down and his solution to the problem is very interesting. I won't divulge it, listen to the podcast when it comes out, but it will directly be correlated with this stuff. And we're, we're going to ask him about Fernando Tatis and the way MLB is going in the future and how these guys are getting paid for what they're providing. So it's, I think right yeah. now the baseball has a lot, a lot bigger issues than the strikeouts. I think it's more of a game in time management that's what we should be looking at but then you could string together those two comments that maybe the 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 strikeouts and the home run game is just what's leading to that increased time fair enough hey stay tuned tune into that show live on wednesday or wednesdays thursdays what day cool so that's going to be a podcast that one okay got it got it 
my answer to this is less shifting. <laughs> Limit the amount of shifts. Maybe that'll do it. All right. Anyway, let's get into the next take. Uh, speaking of disappointments, uh, the Boston Celtics have been really struggling. Some mm -hmm. would say they've come back down to earth, now sit at a 500 team, 15 and 15, Cole. They just blew a 24-point lead in overtime to lose to the Pelicans last night. Yuck. What's wrong with these guys? What do they need to do to change? There's nothing they can change. They're bought in. They they sold out. They got nothing they can do. And beyond firing Brad Stevens, which is at the top of my to-do list at the end of this season, oh and it's also firing Danny Ainge. Oh my God. And I'm not joking. I am not joking when I say fire both of those people. Why Danny Ainge? Because he's going he's gonna to wait around on a trade exception right here. And he went into this season thinking that Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson was suitable for what these players deserve. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker, for that matter, deserve more. I mean, they, they, they've put up more for this team than most other uh, star NBA franchise players, which is saying a lot for the state of the NBA right now. These people have bought in. They, 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 they accepted the, the Boston cash. Now we're not helping them out. Even it's a flawed roster from the very start. And I think we were foolhardy from the beginning saying that this team was going to be good and this team could have a chance of, of reaching the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I think this team is floundering right now and it's only going to continue to get worse. The reason why I say fire Brad Stevens is because the offense does not, does not change from isolation or high pick and roll. Doesn't evolve anything further than that. Save that. We're getting, we're getting to that. Stevens is on our list of topics to get to in a minute. Okay. My question is, is there a guy out there that they can get or not? I think that one of their issues is sitting right there in the bench, Robert Williams, right now, per 75 possessions. He's averaging 15.8 points, 13 rebounds, three blocks, two steals, crazy stats. I think he could be a guy that gets more minutes and would probably help the team. He looked pretty good in that, in that win or that loss to the Pelicans. I think, I think, Rotations are an issue, but I also think that, like you said, Cole, this team is not as talented. Kemba Walker might be too small to be playing in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Brad Stevens, as you said, Cole, he's next on our topic. Have the players tuned him out? No, they have not tuned him out. And that's the sad part. When the players haven't tuned him out and they're still doing this poorly, it reflects further on the coach not being able to diagnose the situation and resolve the problem. The first thing, as any illness for anything, even in sports or in the medical world, is diagnosing. And Brad Stevens can't diagnose anything. And then when you can't diagnose something, you can't fix something. So he couldn't diagnose how, what a 2-3 zone was, and then he can't diagnose what their offensive problem is. It's, it's the isolation ball. It's the isolation ball. That's the problem. Yeah. And that, that might be fine for three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, that ISO not being that successful for the Celtics is offensive struggle. Tag, I want to get to you on this here. Uh, Celtics players underachieving. However, the Bruins have a lot of players who seem to be overachieving. Uh, yeah. What guys have really stood out to you early uh, on in this season? Um, right off the bat, first name that comes to mind is Nick Ritchie. I mean, he came in last year. We got him for, I forget if it was the Heinen trade or the Bacchus trade. But anyway, Bacchus. Um, thank you. Uh, anyway, he he came in in the playoffs and just I don't know how to describe it anything other than just it was abysmal. Like he's a big guy who wasn't moving his body, wasn't hitting people, wasn't standing in front of the net much. He got left, I think maybe one or two goals, but um, at the beginning of this year he's been on fire, playing mostly with Krejci. 
uh, to the left of Krejci. And he's he has maybe five, six goals right now, a lot on the power play. He's just camping out in front of the net. Um, but on the back end, I think Jeremy Lozon has been a great player. I mean, we saw him a few weeks ago in the uh, primetime game against the Rangers. He got in a huge fight. I mean, that really got got the team going, got the momentum back in their end. But I think mostly um, Craig Smith, too. He's been a great signing, great find for the Bruins. Uh, they can put him in the top lines or down in the bottom six. Um, so I think there's a lot of exciting a lot of exciting players, and it all just seems to be meshing well for the Bruins right now. All right, cool. Speaking of the boys of fall, uh, let's talk a little football. Mm. Carson Wentz is now playing again with Frank Wright over in Indianapolis. Uh, first question for you, what is considered a success for Carson Wentz next year? A success for Carson Wentz is consistency. We haven't seen that out of him for the past two, two and a half years. Um, I need, also need some pocket presence, and I also need some mechanics. All those things have been lacking with him. And I still think Carson um, Wentz, I almost said Carson Edwards, whoops. Carson Wentz is a is a good quarterback. I, I think he was just entirely mismanaged in Philly. I think it's an absolute dumpster fire over there. And the fact that they even accepted this trade dis displays the ownership over there and the GM ship is just garbage. I think Carson Wentz, to have a successful year record-wise, is 10 wins. That's 10 wins for oh me. Oh my God. Can he reach that? Yeah. With that, with that team, with that defense that he has, the offensive line that he has in the coaching, um, yeah. you know, his former MVP coach, or I, I think he, he can achieve over 10 or more wins. I really do. Uh, all right. So give me the, uh, give me the prediction. Are they going to be better than they were with Philip Rivers or worse? I think they're going to be better. Philip Rivers was a system, not a system guy. He was washed up. He made decisions when they need to be decisions, but you're only going to get as far as Philip Rivers can take you. And that's usually a first round exit. So I think Carson Wentz has a little bit more of an X factor. He can scramble outside of the pocket. He can also do some more nifty play action passes. And I think it just comes back to getting more um, situationally accurate. And he's he just hasn't had that with Philly. He's been behind a bunch of turnstiles. So it's going to be interesting. Better or worse record than Jacoby Brissett? Better. I got to say better. I do like Jacoby Brissett. I think he's a great, a great football mind, and I think he's really devalued by a lot of the teams, but I yeah. do think he's going to be better just because he's got a better arm than Brissett. Uh, Serena Williams was seen, you know, kind of being fairly emotional, pointing to the crowd after the, her loss in the Australian Open. Um, do you think, you know, she's on her last role here as one of, obviously one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Do you think that she's on the back, you know, this is her last season or what do you think's going on? So Serena Williams for, I think she's one of the best athletes ever. And I also think that she is thrives off of consistency and she hasn't had consistency in almost a year and a half and not being able to play regularly. So I think it was just uh, the emotions on display were just basically frustrations on her part. I mean, it, it takes a lot to get into great form and great tennis form. Uh, one of my BCT sports correspondents on the quick takes, huge tennis player. And I asked him about this. Uh, you keep in count. That's three plugs for BCT so far. <laughs> and I, I, I asked him about it and he said she really benefits from consistency. And right now she just doesn't have it. So that's, that's the thing there. She's meticulous. Just like uh, Nadal there, Rafael Nadal, oh. just OCD 
out the wazoo for those people. Yeah. All right. Well, look at this. Speaking of eloquence and and consistency, we now have joining us as always a friend of the program, Sully. Sully, hello. Bingo. Ah, I'm doing all right. How are you? Oh, never been better. Never better when I'm on the Dingo Show with you and Cole here. Coming in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> Sully, look, we want to get right into this. My first question for you. What are your thoughts on the NHL pushing to have this Winter Classic game? Have you been a fan of this game in the past? And what do you think about having it during the pandemic? Not only has Sully been a fan of these outdoor games, but Sully has been a worker. I am responsible for putting the rink together. You're welcome. I, I, so, I just can't get enough. Sully, of it. I, I wouldn't put your name on that uh, rink just so fast. There's a lot of complaints about the ice quality. Uh, did I have something to do that you put new Amsterdam vodka in every single one of the ice panels? Not only the ice panels, but I put it in the opposing team's water bottles. Well, Pasternak did seem to have a fun time out there. People have been known he's quite the partier, so maybe he cut yep. loose a little bit and it was a welcome addition to his drink. Nice. Yep, between that and the Dunkin' Ice, you know, I think that's what did them over. Sully, so, I, I want to get into this. Not, no easy way to do this transition, but I got to ask you some stuff about the Red Sox. Uh, overall, kind of a quiet offseason for these guys. Truck day. Yeah, two big questions. First one for you, will JBJ be playing center field for these guys this year? You know, I just don't know who else would be the center fielder for this team other than JBJ, you know? It just doesn't make no sense, you know. They got JBJ. What's, what was that? Yeah, put me in, coach. <laughs> I could be. I could be center field. Sully should be center field today. But yeah, I mean, JBJ. He was drafted out of uh, Southern Carolina. He was one of one of the best players out of the collegiate uh, collegiate ring that year. And uh, he's been a pretty good player. He's a very streaky player. Very streaky. Remember that 30-some-odd uh, game hit streak he had a few years ago? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just don't know who else they would get. I know Kevin Pillar is a uh, free agent, I We're believe. We're going to get him back? We're just going to be like, you know what? Sorry, you're back. And then trade him back to Colorado. Let's and, go uh, full circle. <laughs> yeah. So, I... oh, yes, Dingo. Continue, continue. Sorry. No, I was just going to say I would be uh, extremely disappointed if JBJ doesn't come back next year or this year, I take it. Got it. Always good to have the fans' point of view there, of course. Uh, If I could ask you a follow-up about the Red Sox, where do you rank them in the AL East this year? I got them coming in at a hot 79 and 83. Uh penultimate from the 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 the, the basement cellar so they're going to be fourth in the al east that's what i'm saying then we got the the toronto blue jays at three uh the rays at two getting the number one wild card the yankees at one and the orioles uh is is the worst team out of the east this year i think everybody knows that though yes cool you know, Sully must have listened to one of my programs I put on earlier because he got the exact record I said, 79 and 83. I'm not even joking. That is the exact record. And also the exact uh, one through five spot that I had selected oh, too. we got to put some money down, man. Yeah, so he might have been looking at the Vegas odds. Maybe he was at Caesar's Palace. I know hey. he likes to frequent that book. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe uh, 
maybe maybe we'll have to go in a tandem there and get, and get a little parlay action going. Money works better better together, as you always like to say before you rob someone. <laughs> yes, I've I've been known to say that plenty of time to our people over here in uh, Dorchester, mind you. I'm sorry, you don't say rob, you say borrow. A lengthy, lengthy loan with uh, with with no. Yes, I'll pay it off over 63 months, kid. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you did that with your Jordan's Furniture um, um, futon there. You got the Jordan's Furniture 180 months, uh, zero payments no. or whatever the heck nonsense Elliot's pushing. And not only the Jordan's furniture, but your Jordan shoes. Give them to me. I see those. I, what are those? 12 and a half? Perfect. 13. Give them to me. 13, 13, even better. Well, hey, look, before you incriminate yourselves, I think uh, we're up against it here. So, Sully, we'll talk to you later. Uh, I'll see you later, Dingo. I'll see you later at the, uh, the YMCA that they do allow us into. I'll see you there. Cole, you can come too if you want. <laughs> yes. We're going to hoop it up like there's no tomorrow. Sully out. Have a good one, boys. See you, Sully. Thank you. All right. So here we are back again to close out the Quick Takes podcast. Once again, you've been listening to myself, Dingo, along with Cole and Ty. Thank you, guys, and uh, talk to you too next week. Toodle lose.